0: I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we have the president of Carbon TV, the co-founder of Carbon Unwind, and the host and producer of Outdoor Weekly. Please welcome Ms. Julie McQueen. Hello. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you for coming on. Thank uh, you. Tell us a little bit about Carbon TV. Carbon TV has been around a little while. It's gone through some, a little bit of evolution, and now you're sitting at the helm.
1: I am at the helm and what a great place to be. Um, Carbon TV has been around for around eight or nine years. Uh, It was a part of a larger media conglomerate back in the day, uh, Carbon Media Group. Um, There was an acquisition in 2017 and they pulled Carbon TV out of that to become a standalone OTT platform, which is when I came into the picture. I took over operations um, pretty quickly and then Became the president not too long after that. And Carbon TV is a, it's the largest OTT platform for distribution of outdoor content. Really proud of it.
0: Well, it seems like almost every show on the Outdoor Channel and then some are on Carbon TV.
1: They're coming over. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been in this industry probably over 15, 18 years now um, and on that side of things, almost 20 years total, total. And, you know, yeah. And so I'm seeing a lot of my longtime friends who I've known forever coming over to distribute their content on the network that I run. And there is nothing that makes me more proud than that. And it makes me work harder because, you know, I'm setting them up for success, just like they've set me up for success too.
0: Do you find it easier to grow the network being that you have so many friends in the industry and they're coming over not only for Carbon TV, they're coming because they trust you as well.
1: Absolutely. And it comes from trust and credibility. I know how hard I've worked over the years to create that. And, you know, of course, it helps to know people and it helps to have those connections and to know who to, who to call when you need something. But I think that it comes with the credibility as well. People know that when I say something, I mean it. And, you know, I work really, really hard to do the right thing. And um, yeah, so it's a give and take. You know, we've created this, this wonderful thing from those long-term relationships.
0: Well, I know American Outdoor News would not have grown as quickly as it has uh, because of my friends and relationships. And, you know, you're, you're down there with Jana. Jana was one of my first covers. Yeah. Awesome..: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: you know, it's, it's so funny. Jana Jana's my best friend. Everyone knows it. You know, we, the way we met, a lot of people don't know this, the way we met is our shows aired next to each other on the network. And that's why I met a lot of my girlfriends, you know Bachman and a lot of them. We would see our show airing, and then our these other girls would have a show too. And Jana's she's been my best friend for for years and years, and we support each other, we empower each other. I am I'm on vacation with her right now, so if you hear noise in the background, it's totally Jana's <laughs> fault.
0: Now, you you're the co-founder of Carbon Unwind.
1: I am, yeah. So Carbon Unwind is. Um, That was a dream of mine a couple of years ago. Um, I have a degree in psychology. You know, I meditate daily. I believe, you know, in this manifestation and this positive energy in life in general. And when, obviously things with Carbon TV were going great. But when COVID happened, I had this entire team working under me of just brilliant people and not a lot to do because we weren't sure what was going to happen in media. So we created unwind, which is a sleep and meditation app. So we create uh, sleep stories, meditations. We have a kid's section for affirmations and meditations for little kids. Um, it's just a, it's a beautiful company. It's done really well. And it's a fun, you know, little side business for us.
0: I used to just watch, um, Bob Ross and watch him, you know, the painter. He had such yeah. a soothing voice.
1: <laughs> Talk about positive energy. That man put was me right cool. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the kind of guy you want to surround yourself with. Everything, you know, has a purpose, and a, you you can you can find that silver lining in anything.
0: Now, um, you are from out Oklahoma. You didn't grow mm-hmm. hunt up hunting, did you?
1: No, not from a hunting family. It's funny, my parents hunt now that I'm older. Um, they, with their new spouses, you know, their lives now, they've begun also hunting. Um, but when I grew up, no, hunting was not a part of the conversation. So I became a self taught hunter around the age of um, probably 18, 19, 20, around that age. And,
0: and who introduced you?
1: really nobody. Um, you know, and that was before social media. I'm aging myself a little, which is fine. Um, but that was before we had social media. And we I didn't really know a lot about, number one, hunting in general, but also wildlife in general. Um, uh-huh. So I'd go, I've told this story a million times, but I love this story. So I'll, I'll tell it again. I would go to the, the local bookstore in Springfield, Missouri. And, you know, I got my hunter safety, um, you know, course under my belt. I would go to the bookstore and I would learn about different types of deer and elk and where they lived I didn't know there were other types of deer you know nobody ever explained those things to me and I started understanding the hunting culture and I entered into the industry um you know really quickly after that
0: that's quite a quite a jump you know from from zero to zero to 60.
1: Yeah yeah but you know it was just kind of this I just knew that that's what I wanted to do And back then, there weren't a lot of other females doing something like that. And what always has interested me is the things that nobody else is doing yet. So it seemed like a really good idea at the time.
0: Now, I heard something uh, on a podcast about um, how you, uh, something about eating meat and how you incorporate it into your diet. And uh, can you tell us something about that?
1: About um, eating meat and how I incorporated it into my diet or the reasons, my original reasons for becoming a hunter and how that was not the reason. Because that is one thing I do talk about sometimes.
0: Yeah, let's, let's do both.
1: Yeah, yeah. so a lot of people, when you ask them, what was your reason for starting to hunt? And you a know, very common answer is to fill my freezer, which is a very good reason. Or to provide meat for my family or because I want to eat the meat. That was, it, it is now, it's the reason why I continue to hunt. But at the time, it wasn't the driving force for me. Um, it was never, oh, my freezer's empty. I want, I want to go, you know, take a deer. Yeah. Uh, it More just this inherent knowledge that I believe in, exists in us. I think that um, genetically, um, a lot of things are passed down to us from our ancestors. And some of us just know we love a thing without knowing why we love the thing. And for me, that was a big part of it. Of course, having a freezer full of meat is a very big deal and is close to my heart like it is everybody else's. But I can't say that was my reason for getting into it. I appreciate when other people have that reason. But for me, it was just this this need and desire to be out there doing this.
0: Now, um, if you can, well, you know what? What do you think is the greatest contribution uh, that you've given to the outdoors or, or the hunting industry?
1: My greatest contribution would be the amount of energy and love that I've put into the industry, whether it's recognized or not. And I know that people won't always remember what we say, but they'll remember how we make them feel. And I take that into account every day while I'm working uh, you know on my phone calls having meetings you know networking all of the things i do in this industry hoping that those people will take the way i make them feel that you know safety or that motivation or inspiration in some way and pass it to other people and i think that my greatest contribution is just me being me and wanting so badly to be involved in a community like this and doing little things every day, even if it's not one big thing that we contribute, even if I don't give millions of dollars to a great cause and get recognized for it, if I do a series of small things and that's my contribution, I'm mm-hmm. proud. And it's why I sleep well at night. <laughs> I, I love having that contribution.
0: Uh, now, your journey to where you are today has not been the straight path. You've zigzagged all along the way. How'd you end yeah. up in the outdoor industry?
1: I keep coming back to it. You know, of course, I journeyed outside of it a few times. I worked in other industries. I had other careers along the way. And, poker you know, yeah, I was a, I was a professional poker player. That's a, that's a fun one to explain to your parents why you're going to, I'm going to be a professional poker player now, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, sure. Try that and learn something from it. Come back. You know, I think that that should be the journey for everybody. I think that we should take those risks and do what our heart leads us towards, and then learn from that, evolve, and then you know end up doing what we really want to do. Um, but no, it hasn't been a completely straight path. But man, it's been fun. You know, I have no complaints. That's, that's what no that's about, ever, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, every other industry I've ever worked in um, has been has been great in its own way. But there's nothing like this one. the The hunting and outdoor community has been so accepting and so respectful, and I've not had anybody, you know, be, um, be cross with me or be, you know, because I'm a woman, if anything that opens doors, if you're a credible, you know, respectable, well-spoken, well-educated person, and yeah, yeah, I I keep coming back to this industry every time because it's my home.
0: We're non-discriminate, Yeah, we, we are who we are. Yeah. Now, um, you're an author as well.
1: I'm an author, yeah, kind of. I mean, I write things, so I guess that makes me an author. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you, you've done blogging, you've written articles. Uh, I mean, you you know all along the way, but yeah. and you've done modeling. you you, you know your, your path has been, you know, not straight. It's it's you know, but it's all good stuff along the way. Now, yeah, tell me about um, what made you want to learn. To fly a plane.
1: Oh, that one. Well, <laughs> again, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, I was living at the time in California and took an interest in aviation because a lot of my friends had planes or were pilots, and we had been up in in airplanes. And you know, the thought always crosses your mind, especially when you're you know, when you love your life, what would I do if this plane were to go down right now? So I thought I would just take a few classes, maybe, you know, kind of learn how to land a plane just in case if something were to happen. Um, But I, I ended up falling in love with it. And I moved to Long Beach, took an accelerated program, studied, you know, aerobatics, really got into aviation for a long time. And it's something that is still very near and dear to my heart. I don't stay current. I just, I wish I could. I just don't have the time to do it. But I stay in touch um, in close contact with a lot of people who, this is their life's passion. It's what they do. They create content around it. We're adding more aviation content to the Carbon TV platform and building out an entire section for these people who want to um, tell their stories about aviation. So um, yeah, I, my whole start in aviation started from just, I don't want to die, <laughs> so I should know how to land an airplane, which I think is a, a thing that a lot of people should take on.
0: You you don't sit still. You're, you're always picking up a project. Uh, always, yeah. Uh, you're multilingual, aren't you?
1: I understand French. I don't speak it very well. You know, I think it would help if I knew some people who also spoke the language so I could, you know, so I could work on it a little. But, you know, I, I have Rosetta Stone, and I still, about one night a week, instead of, you know, watching a show or whatever, I'll I'll self-educate in the evening. And a lot of times that's a French lesson. And... Um, I don't know if it's my accent or my lack of practice, but it doesn't sound the way I want it to sound when it comes out, but I do understand it very well.
0: You know, there's apps now that you could just talk into it and it'll come out in yeah. a language that you want to talk to somebody in.
1: Yeah, I know. Isn't that fascinating?
0: Yeah. It's yeah. the whole world. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, um, here's a question for you. Okay. If you can change anything, in your journey of life what would it be
1: if i could change anything in my journey of life i would have taken more time to appreciate the smaller moments and i know that sounds so cliche doesn't that sound like a hallmark card no, but no, it's really. so true i i think back of all the wonderful incredible things that i've been able to experience and i have been so blessed i've had to work hard for it but man i've had some good times and you know i think back and I was so busy getting to the next thing and so ready for the next adventure or the next story or the next, um, you know, experience. And I, I wish I would have taken more time to sit there and enjoy those moments instead of just the big moments, instead of just, you know, when I set a big goal and accomplish it and I celebrate that. I think it's a series of small goals that, that really makes up our life.
0: I think that's a very personal question to each and every one of us. It's not a, uh, it's not a right and wrong and there's a different answer for everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great question though. It makes a, it, I think anything that helps us to self-reflect is a good question.
0: I agree. I agree. Now here's, here's something uh, that's not a good self-reflection. You, um, you robbed the gunpoint not too long ago.
1: I was. Yeah, I was robbed. It was, it was technically a carjacking gone wrong. They, um, they went my vehicle.
0: That's yeah. uh, that's uh, uh, an eye opener. I mean, how do, you, yeah. how do you respond to something like that? I mean, well, even if you're armed.
1: Yeah. So I have worked in the outdoor space for so long. I'm. I'm I mean, I do gun review, gun cleaning videos. My dad's a police. He was a, a police officer. I go to gun shows with my dad every year. I, guns, firearms. This is my this is my passion. It's one of my great loves in life is firearms. Um, I have my concealed weapons permit in a few different states. I've taken all the courses. I have lived alone, traveled alone, adventured the world by myself. I'm a I'm this self-confident, you know, very independent woman, and um, I. So my office is outside of Detroit, Michigan, and um, I had gone to have dinner with a girlfriend and her husband at their home, um, and there were some people waiting for me when I left her house one night. Um, And this is not a secluded area. This is a, it was a very well-lit street. Um, There were cars driving by while it was happening, but they, um, they, I was a target, you know, they knew, they knew that I would be coming out. Um, I had my dog with me and they, they got me the first time Uh, they got my purse, obviously, which was fine. I thought I was getting away, but when they realized my, my keys were not in the, in the purse, they came back for me the second time and got me, um, they got me two times. Wow
0: Wow very yeah. moment How do you recover- How do you recover from something like that?
1: So a lot of therapy <laughs> to be honest, which I believe in therapists, you know as a person who has a degree in psychology, I believe in therapy it, and you, good times and bad. I think that we need people to talk to who we can trust, but I spent a lot of money on therapy after that. I couldn't go by myself anywhere for probably about a month. You know it took me to go anywhere, even to the grocery store and um the other thing is, even though I did not have my sidearm on me that night, thank goodness, because it might've been worse if I did. There were four of them. <laughs> so could have, could have I mean, yeah, it would have been bad. So I was not, I was not armed that night. Um, and I, I, I thank God you know, every day that it wasn't worse than it was. But um, being able to carry a sidearm with me during my recovery process has been priceless. Um, just having that little bit of comfort and that little bit of structure and stability right there on my person um, has been a, a massive amount of my healing. Um, you know, I think differently now. Um, honestly, after that event, everything tastes better. Everything looks cooler. <laughs> Experiences are more memorable because I'm just thankful that it didn't go really wrong that day. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it was a terrible, terrible thing, but we, we learn from it and we move on. And the best piece of advice that I have given to people since that happened was, um, you know, I talked to all of my girlfriends after that. And I said, it's nothing about the firearm part of it. Put your phones away and pay attention when you're walking down the sidewalk. I was able able to give a description. Um, It was the most traumatic event of my life in a lot of ways, but I was able, I, I saw everything that happened in front of me. And when the police finally got there, you know, I I was well aware of everything that happened. I was not texting, I was not on my phone. And I was able to um to be present in that moment.
0: Well, you you're very lucky.
1: Oh yeah, very lucky. Uh,
0: now um you you have your you have your dog. He yeah. goes everywhere with you. He does. Um What's the most unusual pet you've ever had?
1: The most unusual pet? Um, So when I was a kid, I wanted a dog. I always wanted, you know, my own dog. Uh, I think I was, I don't know, probably 10, 11, and I kept asking my mom for a dog. And she came home one day, and I thought I was getting a dog, and she gave me a goat. And it was one of those little pygmy goats, you know, just a little bitty guy with little horns. And I named him Hercules. (laughs) and I had him for years and I would walk him like a dog and train him like a dog and pretend he was a dog and you know so that was really the kind of my beginning of being a dog mom you know and he was he was kind of a you know here if you can deal with this then you can have any dog you want later but yeah Banjo Banjo is my dog now I've had him 11 years he's an old man now but he travels everywhere that I go I never leave him behind that's
0: great all right so what's next for you well, uh, you don't sit still what's on your yeah. horizon
1: what's next you know i'm well i'm turning 40 this year and i'm excited about it i know a lot of women kind of like don't talk about this but you know my 30s have been amazing and wonderful and i think it just keeps getting better and better with age because we learn how to surround ourselves with the right people number one we learn what we do and don't like and then we also learn that nobody's paying that much attention to us. They're so self-centered. <laughs> nobody's watching what we're doing that closely. So, you know, it's kind of this magical time in my life where I get to work all the hours I want to, which is a lot of hours. Yep. I'm very focused on the business right now. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm here, I'm with Jana on vacation right now, but I mean, I don't take a lot of vacations these days and I do work while I'm on vacation, but that's my choice. When we love what we do so much, nothing... Will stop us from doing that to the extreme. Um, and I wouldn't say I have any other, you know, crazy um, business adventures coming up other than Carbon TV has scaled rapidly in the past few years and it's about to get so much bigger and better. And I'm, I'm um, leading that ship, you know, towards exactly where it needs to be. I have a very strong vision for the business. And um, the the best days for me are the days when I get to be running that business. It's really my passion in life.
0: That's great. Well, you've accomplished quite a lot. I look forward to see what you have in store for us to see. And um, where else can we find you besides uh, on Carbon TV? You
1: know, I'm on social media. It doesn't mean I'm on there very often though. Um, I have started um, posting a little bit more. I became very private a while back. You know, I used to, you know, I used to put a lot of my personal life on my social media and really put that information out there for people. And over the years, I've just learned that some of these moments in life are best appreciated, you know, within our own real world, not the social world. Um, But I am on social media. Uh, On Instagram, you know, I I go on there and I, I... try to support the people who air on the network. I support my friends, you know, through social. So I'm Jules McQueen everywhere. You can always find me. Um but I mean carbon TV is really the the spot to find me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of the center of my universe these days.
0: All right. Well I definitely appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing you at uh upcoming events. And uh I look forward to this, this coming issue.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Obviously, a lot of my friends have worked with you. And, you know, it's just, it's wonderful what you do. You dive into our lives in such a healthy way and give us a voice. So it's very much appreciated.
0: It's been fun. <laughs>
1: Good. That's that's the that's what I like to hear. I love to know when people love what they do. So it's it comes through in your work.
0: Again, thank you for coming on.
1: Of course. All right.